everyone, and welcome back to the Steam Forward Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Savannah, and today our guest is Moshe Halili, and she now lives in Canada, but she grew up in Iran. She has a CPA, a CCA, as well as an MBA. She has um, a miraculous life story. So everybody, help me welcome Moshe. Hey, Moshe. Hi. <laughs> Why are you looking like that? <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yes. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank if you guys you. didn't know, Moshe has known Pastor Linda for how many years? Uh, over 40 years. Over 40 years. College besties, right? <laughs> yep. So just tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you're all the way here from Canada. So how are you enjoying this Miami heat? <laughs> it's uh, it's very nice, actually. We were lucky that it's not that humid. Yeah. I've been really enjoying myself. It's beautiful. It, is it snowing in Canada at the moment still? Uh, it, it did snow the second day I was here, so uh-huh. I kind of escaped that. Yeah. Yeah. That nice icy place. Exactly. <laughs> so just give us a little background about yourself and kind of the things you're doing in your present life. Sure. So basically, I am, uh, I, I studied to, I mean, if you want to know about my background and my life in uh-huh. Iran and all the way back, yeah. So I basically was born in uh, in Tehran, Iran, mm-hmm. and uh, I lived there until I was 16. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went to a really nice international school and had a really nice life and everything was wonderful and yeah. safe and great. And then there was a revolution. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, I was, you know, in 11th grade. So my mother said, OK, it's better for us to leave. So we, uh, I moved out of Iran and we went to Spain mm-hmm. and, uh, it was a really, it was challenging. Right. Cause as a senior in high school to move to a new school Yeah, and, um, all my friends had left and it was just like, I was, it was really hard, uh, yeah. hard to move to that place. And we had very limited resources mm-hmm. and, um, was school harder in Spain compared to? No, no, no. It was a lot easier, actually. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot easier. The school was, was, uh, was a lot easier. It was like a we were living on an island. Uh-huh. School was a lot easier, and I was like a top student, so it was like, oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but um, it was easier. But the th- getting used to it was really hard, and I felt like my, uh, I actually the day we were leaving to go to Spain, I felt mm-hmm. like, um. I was going to die because I could not see anything ahead of me. Yeah. That's, I think, it was total darkness. Yeah. When mm-hmm. you're an adolescent, everything seems so gigantic than mm-hmm. what it necessarily actually is. I can add that. Yeah. So it was a, it was a hard adjustment. And, uh, but um, I, we lived by the sea. Mm-hmm. So I found a lot of refuge in swimming and see the going to the sea and swimming. And also in music, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Like singing yourself or just, just listening? Playing playing the piano. Oh, you play the piano? Yeah. Oh, playing the nice. piano and then getting in the school band and mm-hmm. theater and a whole bunch of stuff that I never yeah. had a chance to do in Tehran. Yeah. So it's kind of like a way that you could express your creativity. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's real fun. So how did you um, wind up going to the University of Michigan all the way from Spain? Yeah. So that's a good, good question. <laughs> So basically, I um, I applied to all these universities, mm-hmm. and it was really hard for an Iranian passport holder to right. get a visa to go to the States. 
but I was lucky enough that my mother was some, somehow was able to like, we stood in line and we got into the American mm -hmm. consulate in Barcelona. And as soon as the council woman, it was a woman came yeah. up to me and said, so let me hear how do you speak English? And I'm like, and, and I spoke with her and she's like, great. Whatever. She gave me a four year visa. And I was one, the only kid, the only Iranian kid from our school that got that visa. Because of how fluent you spoke uh, English? Yeah, my grades. Oh, and you're great. And got the fact it. that I got into university, I had uh, lots of acceptances. So mm -hmm. that was one of the schools. And my there's a family history behind Michigan. So my great uncle was a professor there. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so there's a lot of family members who lived in Michigan and went. So I wanted to go to University of Michigan. So anyhow, so I went there and I met. <laughs> so how long did you end up going to the University of Michigan? Just the four years? Or yeah. Did... So I, I went there for four years and it was really amazing because we lived in a very uh, shishi nice dorm mm -hmm. that you had to apply to, to get into. And we went there and uh, and it was really cool because I was roommates with Linda and yeah. another girl called Charlotte. Mm -hmm. And and it was like, I felt really free there because yeah. I they saw me as who I was, uh -huh. and uh, it was um, it was an incredible time. Just because I could study what I wanted, and and Pastor Linda was like a coach to me. I was yeah. tell her, you know, like she's like, you have to go to the gym, you have to, you have to, you know, do community service, yeah. the community work. And so I got very much involved in the yeah. house board, um, like the, the, I did a lot of stuff for the dorm and and uh, set up the set up all these things like in an international team yeah where all the people from different backgrounds there was like a K korean girls there mm -hmm. there were japanese um a pal my room my other roommate was palestinian later on and so we all would showcase our cultural heritage and yeah at that tea awesome. and now after 40 years they're still doing that particular tea at the university of michigan at the university of michigan awesome. and so and then we had all these different ethnic events and mm -hmm. Everybody and, and just we had, you know, we were symbolizing like diversity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. And that was in the early 80s. Yeah, that wasn't like a thing. That was not a thing. Yeah. No. So that's awesome. So it was really cool. And and Linda. So then I um, I ran to be the vice president and then I became vice president of the dorm. And then after that, I became president. And it was just amazing. It sounds like so much fun. So much fun. It was so good. It was amazing. And I felt so sad when I had to leave. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. Um, you spoke about how you felt, um, just to kind of draw it back, you said you spoke about how when you had to move from Iran to Spain, that there was this darkness mm -hmm. and you felt like you couldn't see past like this uh, this trial in your life. Mm -hmm. How were you able through the um, the musical elements? Is that kind of how you drew yourself out of it? Was it when you went to college? Mm hmm. Actually, uh, yeah, great question. I well, yeah, I mean, I I was able to my companion became the piano uh -huh. and swimming. Yeah, believe it or not. And I have a little brother, like a younger brother. Mm -hmm. And him and I also our bond became a lot stronger because we were alone. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, so that was what that really helped me with the transition that first year. But then when I went to University of Michigan, I really blossomed into yeah. a leader, like a yeah. somebody that that I, you know, was beyond my expectations. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was really, really good, and uh, and that was because of the community we had. Mm -hmm. So the community of, of my friends, and we still keep in touch. Yeah. That gave me the sense of safety uh -huh. for me to be who I want to be. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And your parents kind of always encourage you to. Yeah, my parents do that were way like, too. yeah, but my parents, I mean, they they did, but I mean, nobody could. My dad couldn't leave Iran for yeah. a long time, mm-hmm. but they were always on the phone. We didn't have mobile phones then, so yeah, uh, the landlines. People would scream like, "Your dad is on the phone!" And I had to rush yeah. to the dorm to pick up the phone and. Yeah, so they were always very supportive. That's awesome. They were very supportive, mm-hmm. but, you know, they, they couldn't. Just by know. words, yeah. Just yeah, by but words. just by words, they were there. That's awesome, yeah. though. Mm-hmm. And so uh, so what are you doing now? So right now, what I basically, I one of my mod, 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 mottos is that don't die with your music in you. Mm-hmm. So I am an, I'm an accountant. Like, I became accountant, and I worked for my family family business for like around 30 years I still I'm on the board of um, different committees and I'm on the couple of the boards of the business um, but I really one of the things that I fi- find fun- fundamental yeah which really helped me was um, I had a coach mm-hmm. uh, in my 30s like a life coach a life coach mm-hmm. and I had like a crisis of meaning in my life in my in my 30s, I was like, well, what am I doing? Like, I was kind of like, like trying to find purpose. Yeah. yeah. Trying to find purpose. Exactly. Yeah. And when I worked with her, a lot of things got into, you know, fell into place for me. So one of my, now that I'm in my mature state of life, <laughs> <laughs> your seasoned state of some people. Like yeah, but always from 29. <laughs> yes, <for> exactly. <laughs> I am uh, now my kids, I'm an empty nester. My kids yeah. have gone. So it's now time for me to uh, do more, give more, give more to the community, and I, and I, I think that that's via coaching. Yeah. So I have a lot of life experiences, and I've lived in various countries. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that I'm uh, very passionate about is to help people um, to not die with my music in me, and also help people find their music and to yeah. be able to realize their own purpose and passion so um i'm doing that through the coaching work that i do and um and yeah that's about it so so how did you end up in canada oh canada um so we um my mother immigrated there Mm -hmm. with my brother and i in 1983 Mm -hmm. and so you just went back there after college yeah so after i finished i went back um so that i could you know become a Canadian citizen and then I met my husband um in 1987 or 88 mm-hmm. and we kept on bumping into each other just randomly randomly <laughs> I love that yeah and I was doing recruiting for the accounting firm that I was uh, mm-hmm. involved in and he wanted he was interested in becoming a charter accountant like me yeah so anyhow we went on you know we had like some lunches and whatever and and he is a uh, he is a Lebanese guy, so mm. he moved there. He moved to Canada in 1976. So you guys have similar like Middle Eastern background, exactly. Experiences. I, yeah, and that that I mean, I'm really happy because I have a huge extended family. Yeah, my husband has six brothers and sisters, so he can deal with big family drama, yeah. big family, <laughs> exactly, sinners, big family. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Awesome. So so anyhow, yeah. But I kind of like broke the mold because. Um, you know, it, I didn't marry Persian. Yeah. I married a, an Arab. Mm-hmm. And that was like, wow. Like those, yeah, that was, that was a, that was a big step. It was a thing in its own. So. Exactly. Yeah. But that's what that. happens when you, like, when you live in Canada or in mm-hmm. Toronto, which is a, it's a real, like a big, 
is full of different types of nationalities. Mm-hmm. All my cousins, like we all married people yeah. from different nationalities. That's who you meet. Yeah. I mean, if y'all all moved to America, that probably would have happened too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That. So my final question would be that you said you want people to find the music when inside of them. And so maybe there's a kid that's watching. Sometimes we have adults that watch, parents that watch. Where would be if there's a person that's like, day, I don't know what I want to do with my life. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what my passion is. Where is a practical place that somebody could just start? Mm-hmm. They can come and start with me if they want. Yeah, because I have like a, I've I've like I'm uh, designed this program uh-huh. that basically you know that they can come and we can work together okay. over like six to eight or ten sessions. Right, we can work on developing their own personal mission. And then articulating their values and then figuring out what are the descriptors for those values and then coming up with a strategic plan as to big, hairy, audacious goals. Like, yeah, how are you going to get to what it is that you want to do? And so basically splitting it up so um, they can talk to me. And there's also other resources, too, online and whatnot. But, uh, yeah. So reach out to somebody if you really need help. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think that is the main thing. There's also, I mean, uh, getting mentors uh-huh. is also important. And I think probably in your gen 2050, yeah. uh, uh, you know, education stream, you basically provide. What's that? Uh, so basically getting help. You want me to say that again? Yeah. Well, you're going to talk about possible. Oh, yeah, hard to. They're little kids. Well, they're middle school, high school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically, a person should just get help to help them kind of direct them in the right direction. That's right. Yeah. We also have a, a program that I'm part of called uh, Pause Circles. And uh, if they want to join that too, that's really helpful too. Yeah. Because we ask these beautiful questions. We help them, you know, quiet their mind down, become more present. Mm-hmm. And they can, we ask these beautiful questions that they would have to look within. Right. And that can help them find their music too. Yeah. So basically it's really pausing, becoming present and trying to make that connection with your own self. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Well, so we like to end each podcast with the word of the day. So Moj Day, if you could just sum up your life experiences and the work you're doing now, what would be that one word? That one word would be belonging. And why is it belonging? It's belonging because first you have to belong to yourself. Yeah. You have to love yourself. You have to look after yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to, you know, do self-care. Mm-hmm. And then once you can do that, then you can figure out how you want to belong to your community. Yeah. Absolutely. So if you're safe within yourself, mm-hmm. you have a respect. So, you know, the if you have res- self-respect, you, have, you feel safe within your own self. Yeah. And you honor your history. Yeah. You honor your history, even the bad things that have happened to you. You still on- you honor it because that's that's what's made you who you are today. Then you can be open yeah. to future possibilities. So belonging, I think, is like a three-dimensional yeah. thing that you can have. But first, you gotta belong to yourself. Yeah, 
That's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for your time. Thank you for coming all the way from Canada. This has been amazing. And I see why you and Pastor Linda have known each other for so many years. Such a great person. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. And as always, there's two sponsors that we love to thank, and that is Trinity Church and the Children's Trust. And don't forget, there are three ways in which you can watch or listen to this podcast. If you'd like to watch, just follow us on YouTube. If you'd like to listen, follow us on Apple or Spotify. And remember, this is the Steam Forward Podcast. See you next week. Steam Forward Podcast.